Subhash Garg has landed the government and RBI in a digital India dilemma by Sushobhan Sarkar. Former Finance Secretary Subhash Chandra Garg has dominated headlines for a week since his surprise transfer from the Ministry of Finance to Power. Garg's exit from the power corridors of North Block has prompted a critical analysis of his policies as well as his public clashes with institutions like the Reserve Bank of India. Now, a policy recommendation by an inter-ministerial committee on virtual currencies that Garg was heading at the time appears to clash directly with the policy positions of the RBI as well as the centre on a core aspect of the Digital India campaign. Submitted on 22nd July, just two days before Garg's transfer, the report of the committee to propose specific actions to be taken in relation to virtual currencies strongly advocates the adoption of blockchain or distributed ledger technologies. Sounds good, so what's the catch here? Subhash Chandra Garg's report bluntly cautions that the adoption and benefits of blockchain to Indian businesses and consumers can be inhibited by data localization, a policy aggressively promoted by the RBI as well as several central ministries over the last one year. The report makes a spirited case for distributed ledger technology or DLT across sectors, banking, payments infrastructure, insurance, securities and commodities, EKYC, land records among others. In doing so, it recommends that the RBI, among other regulatory institutions, and I quote, explore evolving appropriate regulations for development of DLT in their respective areas. The RBI has been among the strongest endorsers of data localization, the controversial requirement to store all payments data only in service within India's borders. Any implementation of GARC committee's recommendations on DLT, therefore, will necessitate a relaxation of its own policy of locally storing data. On 6th April 2018, in a letter titled Storage of Payment System Data, RBI ordered all banks to, and I quote, ensure that the entire data relating to payment systems operated by them are stored in a system only in India. The letter specified that this data should include full end-to-end transaction details. GARC committee's evaluation, however, recommends such measures to be, and I quote, applied carefully because the nature and design of DLT or blockchain is predicated upon the free flow of data among servers across the world. The committee's recommendation says, the committee is of the opinion that data localization requirements proposed in the draft data protection bill may need to be applied carefully, including with respect to the storage of critical personal data. Moreover, in a rare instance of discussing the limitations of data localization, the document recommends its watering down, and I quote, so as to ensure that there is no adverse impact on Indian firms and Indian consumers who may stand to benefit from DLT-based services. It is also significant that the recommendation includes critical personal data as a category that should be allowed to be stored outside the country. While other data could be stored outside with a live copy in India, the draft data protection bill had specified that critical personal data can only be stored in India. At the heart of the GARG panel's policy recommendations is an evaluation of cryptocurrencies and its underlying infrastructure, that is distributed ledger technology or blockchain, 
The committee constituted on 2nd November 2017 comprised Subhash Chandra Garg as chairman, Ajay Prakash Soni, secretary for Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology, Ajay Tyagi, chairman, Securities and Exchange Board of India or SEBI, and BP Kanungo, the deputy governor of the Reserve Bank of India. Distributed ledger technologies allow the recording, sharing and transfer of data or value without the need for a central record keeping as in the case of a traditional ledger. Blockchain is a specific kind of DLT which rose to prominence as the underlying technology for the cryptocurrency Bitcoin. The report identifies several benefits of the system. One, records are immutable, which means they cannot be changed or tampered with over time. Two, records are non-repudiable, which means they cannot be invalidated. Three, decentralization. DLT is able to store records of ownership of assets without the need for a centralized record-keeping mechanism. 4. The legitimacy of transactions is arrived at using a consensus mechanism, which is an underlying algorithm which takes into account the consensus of all the participants in the network to verify or validate a transaction. The report goes on to state that and I quote The advantages of using DLT are mainly seen in terms of reducing administration and transaction costs, obviating duplication and improving accuracy of data, improving the speed and efficiency of transactions and detecting fraud. In recommending DLT, the panel specifies several use cases in financial services such as as payment system, KYC requirements by various financial entities, in insurance, in collateral and ownership including land registries in loan issuance and tracking in e-stamping in trade financing in securities and commodities in internal systems of financial service providers as every aspect of our lives gets connected to the internet we end up generating more and more data governments businesses and researchers can gain immense information about users and on nearly any subject under the sun by mining this data data localization then is prompted by the emergence of big data as a highly valuable commodity since 2017 india has seen at least three separate proposals for comprehensive and sectoral localization requirements based on type of data across sectors this includes the draft personal data protection bill of 2018 which comes under the ministry of electronics and it the draft e-commerce policy under the ministry of commerce and industry and the draft e-pharmacy regulations under the ministry of health and family welfare The report states that such requirements may inhibit the uses of distributed ledger technologies in financial services being offered to Indian consumers. For example, the benefits of global or regional DLT-based services in trade financing, reinsurance and other similar services may not be available to Indian consumers if their data cannot be a part of a regional or global DLT-based service. The report goes on to say that this may affect the ability of Indian manufacturers and consumers to benefit from the benefits of global supply chains and international services infrastructure in the medium to long term. The impasse between Subhash Garg and RBI on how and where to store and process data illustrates another example of a policy issue on which the 1983 batch IAS officer and the RBI do not see eye to eye. Among the most controversial moves under Garg's finance secretary was a threat to invoke section 7 of the RBI Act against the central bank. Section 7 empowers the ministry to issue written directions to the RBI to comply with its decisions but had never been invoked in the RBI's 83-year history until then. 
In August 2018, an internal memo circulated by Garg had claimed that the RBI has surplus cash reserves and subsequently shot off three letters reportedly drafted by Garg himself. This included the threat to initiate proceedings to invoke Section 7 to compel the central bank to act. It remains to be seen if the RBI or the central ministries act on the recommendations. According to an Economic Times report, the Ministry of Electronics and IT has called for a second round of consultations on the draft data protection bill where modifications to data localization norms are likely to be discussed before being tabled in Parliament.